When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fourth quarter here on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPN+. Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. As always, the way to jump on board on the CC call-in line is 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And big fella, we've been reacting all show long to the breaking news out of the NFL world surrounding Deshaun Watson and him settling 20 of the 24 lawsuits alleging sexual misconduct. Now, we had ESPN NFL Nation Browns reporter Jake Trotter join Barton Hahn earlier today, and here's what he had to say about the punishment from the NFL for Deshaun Watson as a result of today's settlement. Take a listen. Everybody is guessing right now because the NFL, the NFL, first of all, has been incredibly quiet, and they're not done with their process, uh, and they have not you know, submitted a recommendation to Sue Robinson, you know, the, the agreed upon arbitrator between the NFLPA and the league, uh, you know, who has semifinal say, uh, if she comes up with a punishment off the NFL's recommendation, then Roger Goodell, um, you know, can come back and say, well, you know, we want to raise that or we want to lower that. Mm. Uh, and then, and then you go from there. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know what ultimately is going to happen in terms of, the amount of games that Watson is going to be suspended. I can just tell you, you know, the Browns, at least they would have predicted if you talk to most of the people in the organization or many of the people in the organization in the four to six game range back in March. And a lot of those same people I talked to are expecting a much more significant suspension. Now, could that be eight? Could that be 10, 12, the season? Um, I think all of that is on the table. Uh, and, you know, I, I think if anything above the 10 games, for Deshaun Watson, you're looking at the potential of the 2022 season being almost a lost one for the Browns, despite how loaded the roster is around uh, the quarterback position, just because there is such a difference in talent between Deshaun Watson and then Jacoby Brissett. Big fella, the part that I find really interesting about what Jake Trotter had to say with Barton Hahn is that the NFL had yet to submit their recommendation to Sue Robinson, who was the jointly appointed discipline officer for the NFL and the NFLPA. They did not submit their recommendation yet. Now, we saw reports last week that there was some back and forth in the league office about how long the suspension should be, and a lot of people were pushing for it to be the year-long variety. And now we have the settlement of the cases today, you know, just days after Deshaun Watson said that he was unwilling to settle because he didn't believe that he did anything wrong. So what I will say is this. In just reading the tea leaves and also understanding what NFL spokesperson Brian McCarthy said with today's developments having no bearing on the disciplinary process, I will say that the settlement of those lawsuits today takes the year-long suspension off the table for Deshaun Watson. And here's the reason why. If you're Deshaun Watson, you've already given up a year of your career because of these allegations. To settle the lawsuits when you could have settled them last year and had the opportunity to play, to settle them before this year kicks off, before the discipline comes down, that leads me to believe that there has been some communication, maybe some collaboration behind the scenes, and all parties coming to some kind of agreement 
where everyone can live with the result moving forward. And that, to me, means Deshaun Watson, at some point this fall, plays football for the Cleveland Browns. I I get where you're coming from. I just don't buy it. I I don't buy that the year-long suspension is off the table for the league at this point. And great, he settled them. That's, That's fantastic. There were still 20 of them. There's still four more to go that haven't been settled because four women don't want to settle it, at least at the moment. And with all of that in mind, it's still hanging out there. It's still going to be out there. It's still going to be a thing. And the league really for a long time, I guess you could argue it started around Ray Rice, but I would say before that, has taken a major hit on how it treats issues with women and players. Ray Rice was the inflection point. Yes. Ray Rice was... That uh, was really where it went over the edge. Yes. And... I think the league has gone out of their way on so many occasions with their PR initiatives to show how much they care about their female fans and about women in general. You can't let that just all of a sudden get wiped away because he settled some lawsuits. And there are still some that haven't been. You can't do it. I don't think, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it shouldn't affect it at all. But the year-long suspension should not be off the table. Just because he settled them doesn't mean that he shouldn't be punished for it severely. And I, I, I think at this point, if the league doesn't punish him severely, they run the risk of catching more heat for that. Now, it also depends on what your definition of severely is at this point. Because yeah. you're going to say that last year he was punished, but he really wasn't. I mean, he wasn't on the field, he didn't get to play, but he also got all of his money. So let's not turn that into a suspension or put on the exempt list because that's not what happened. He did not play for a season. Okay, a player would miss that. I'm not going to argue that. Yeah, you're taking away the most important thing to him, which is playing. You think playing is more important to him than the money? Yeah. Okay. I'll trust you on that. Yeah, I, I, I think that because he's going to get well, his money. He's going to get his money anyway. The player like Deshaun Watson is going to get his money anyway. Yeah. So, so you got to understand that. Like we, we're talking about a guy that had so two he dozen, made up that ten two, million that, that two anyway. dozen pending lawsuits. If you right. say he's not going to get paid, he's going to make that money. He got two hundred thirty million guaranteed with two dozen pending lawsuits for well, sexual misconduct point. allegations. This is my so, point. So I guess my whole thing is he was going to get that money anyway. Taking him off the field does mean something. I'm with you. I'm not that saying it's not, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I'm not saying that but, it's everything. But the whole thing has just sucked from the beginning. Yeah. And we can't forget that. Let's not today, because lawsuits were settled, all of a sudden forget about the last year plus and everything that has come out about the last year plus and about the fact that an organization was not only willing to go ahead and guarantee fully guarantee $230 million to get him, but also help him structure it so that he wouldn't lose money if he did get suspended in a very severe way. I mean, all of that rubs a lot of people the wrong way, and I think I think that in particular caused it to inflame even more the last few weeks. You're listening to Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Earlier on the show, we were able to have Aaron Goldhammer on, and here's what he had to say about the settlements 
that Deshaun Watson was able to make today and what it means for the Cleveland Browns moving forward. Take a listen. There have been no signs that this thing was anywhere close to any kind of resolution, and this is the first step in the process towards, you know, being able to close this chapter, this awful chapter of Watson's career and being able to turn the page a little bit. So I breathe a little bit of a sigh. You know, the the notion that he was going to take all of these cases to trial in 2023 and 2024, it had me wondering whether he was ever going to get on the field as a member of the Cleveland Browns. And so I think, you know, today hopefully, you know, provided some resolution and peace for everybody involved, that that's what settling is all about, that it's about compromise, and that this is really a step in, in the direction towards us being able to move forward. From a logical standpoint, big fella, I I don't know what would make Deshaun Watson pivot the way that he has in the course of a week if it wasn't some kind of agreement or understanding that he came to with the NFL and the NFLPA about what the potential discipline could be moving forward. Well, Chris, maybe maybe there wasn't a discussion, but it was like, hey, if you want to make this look better, get these out of the way. Well, here's the thing. The NFL doesn't want this looming over another season, and that's essentially the path that you're headed down if you don't have any settlements in any of these cases. Now, you still have the four that are outstanding, but four is a lot better than 24 or 26. And so I think that's where the NFL is stepping in and saying, you know what, if we can get these cases settled, maybe we can incentivize Deshaun Watson to move forward in that direction, and that helps everybody because we don't have to deal with more of the same conversation about the league's PR problem or the league's image problem when it comes to misconduct toward women because there are also some outstanding issues with other teams around the National Football League with cases, not that not cases that rise to this level, but cases of this nature when it comes to workplace harassment. So we'll have more of the Deshaun Watson settlements in the show. But coming up next, which NFL head coaches are under the most pressure to win this season? Carlin and I are on different sides of this one. You're going to want to take a listen to what we got to say. You're listening to Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Low Backstreet Boys, why not? Mm. Little Backstreet Boys. For our guy down in Jacksonville, was it? I believe it was. He yeah, was our, it. our guy down in Jacksonville that took his enough. wife to the Backstreet Boys concert. I want it back. Yeah, that part. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN <laughs> Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Yeah, I got to say, I think we are 
getting to the point where we may have to start taking control of the horns. Because I think the horns are getting over. Who's in charge of the horns right now? It's, when, Sh- it's Shannon Penn. It's Shannon Penn? Yeah. But, Shannon, but, but like, it might be Shannon Penn's alias SP. I was just going to say. Because you know he's dubbed himself SP. It's, uh, it's actually RM. I, I apologize. It's Ryan Matlack? Yeah. It's Ryan Matlack? Yeah. You are the guilty On party? the nice. That's yeah, it. I don't have a problem with that. No, though. I love the horns. Yeah, okay. I got another not, one for you. Don't ruin it. That's a great horn too. Don't don't ruin the horn. So so when we give Matlack <laughs> too much runway, he just runs exactly. away with it. If you it, it, exactly when Matlack is trying to land a plane, it's like he's trying to land at a Laguardia. Oh, okay. Okay. He could easily go off the end of the runway. It's going speaking, to be a rough of landing. Which, when you Everything. land in Laguardia, like I did oh, this yeah. morning, I'm I'm telling you, when you're coming in hot. Yeah, right over the water. Right over the water. It's just like they they land the plane and then they slam on the brakes like there's something terribly wrong. <laughs> because like, there is like, something like, terribly like, wrong. Like there's something that's going. Like I <laughs> I get I get shook every single time it happens. It's like I'm in a car accident. The way they slam on the brakes and the way I fly forward in my seat. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's because it is the shortest run. It's like one of the shortest runways in the country. Yeah, but every time it happens, it makes me feel like, is there another plane on the runway? Is somebody laying on the runway? Is this Bruce Willis and Die Hard 2? Like, I, I just don't know what's going on. Like, it makes me nervous every single time. Well, all I'm saying is that Matlack at, at the controls of the plane yes. as we are coming in. I don't trust him to hit that break. Matt Lack is always coming in hot. That 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 we can be sure of. But speaking of coming in hot, we got to talk about NFL coaches coming into the 2022 season, big fella. Yeah. Because there are some coaches. I know we always talk about coaches on the hot seat, but there are some coaches that are under a lot of pressure coming into this season. Not necessarily coaches that you would dub as hot seat coaches, but coaches that got a lot of pressure on them to win and win big this season. Now, of course, right up there at the top of them is always going to be the Dallas Cowboys. And, of course, our producer, Shannon Penn, has that in the quota for the show. We always have to find a way to work the Dallas Cowboys in there. But I thought it was really interesting what Jerry Jones had to say about Mike McCarthy's status with as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, but then also the fact that Sean Payton should not be out there and should not be without a team and roaming the sidelines this coming fall. How much pressure is Mike McCarthy under knowing that Sean Payton is potentially looming in 2023 as an option for the Dallas Cowboys to be their head coach? He's under more pressure than anybody else. Matt Rule is under pressure because he's going to lose his job. Okay. But he's not under the kind of pressure that Mike McCarthy is yeah. when there are ma- massive expectations for his team. Yeah, I mean, the point being, if Matt Rule makes the playoffs, he's not going to get fired. No. If Mike McCarthy makes the playoffs, he still could get fired. He absolutely could. And the Cowboys, there is an expectation now. And Jerry Jones heard all of the criticism over the years that he stuck way too long with Jason Garrett. And the reason he stuck way too long with Jason Garrett is that he basically could do whatever he wanted with Jason Garrett as a head coach without getting any pushback. Mm-hmm. So, for me, McCarthy's the guy that's got to be under the most pressure because the the check is clearly blank for Sean Payton when we've already heard that there's a $100 million deal on the table this past year with the Miami Dolphins. Like, if I'm Sean Payton, I got to tell you, I'm not convinced the Cowboys is the best place for me to go. There's a couple other places I'm waiting out, like the Chargers. Ooh, you said it, not me. I I know it's only going to be year two for Brandon Staley, but look at everything that they did. And you tell me, That if they don't win, even though it's a very, very tough division, toughest in football, that if the Chargers don't make the playoffs, 
and do a little something that Brandon Stanley's not going to be in some trouble. Oh, he's going to be in some trouble because it's going to be one of the most attractive jobs in all of pro football. Think about it. Justin Herbert is a top five to seven quarterback based on pretty much everybody's list. And so if you have the opportunity to coach that guy, not to mention the roster that they've been able to put together, yeah, I think Brandon Staley's under some under some fire right here. And here's the other thing, Carlin, that I'll say, because he's been one of those coaches that have leaned into analytics, hadn't necessarily worked out for the Chargers the way they wanted to in close ball games. And you're talking about a team that had a chance in Week 18 to beat a division rival and make it into the playoffs, and what happened? Yeah. They lost. And they lost because he made some really – Really questionable decision. Exactly. Based so, on so, the analytics so Brand, in that So game. Brandon Staley in the L.A. Chargers job is going to be one to watch. I want to throw another one out to you. How about the Indianapolis Colts with Frank Reich? Well. How about that job? Because it feels like that organization is operating with a lot of urgency. Think about some of the moves that they've made Well, this let's talk offseason. about that for a second. Sure. Let's talk about the move that they made last offseason. Because you're going to tell me that Frank Reich didn't, talk to ownership and management and say, look, Carson Wentz and I had our best years together. I will get this guy 2017, fixed. yeah. We will figure this out, and this will be just fine, and he will develop into that quarterback quickly. And they gave up first-round picks to get Ooh. him. And look at how quickly that went south. With the guy that Carson Wentz has been the most comfortable with in the league, and now, let's be it, clear about that. But that was a Frank Reich decision, exactly. not a Chris Ballard decision. Exactly. Chris, yes. Frank Reich's the guy that had to sell that. Yep. And how does that look now? It's not just about Wentz stinking and how bad he has kind of moved on and gone to D.C. It's also about bringing him in in the first place and trading away the assets that you did and then getting depreciated assets in return later on. Or not depreciated, but certainly lesser. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a problem. You know what else is a problem for the Colts? Having five different starting quarterbacks going into week one with your head coach. Yeah. that That's not the revolving door that Chris Ballard is signing up for because that doesn't lend itself to job security for him and certainly not for the head coach. But think about what they've done. They traded for Yannick Ngakwe. They signed Stephon Gilmore in free agency. I mean, this is a team that has been really aggressive about trying to add pieces. They traded for Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. If if Frank Wright doesn't get it done this year, and I'm not just talking about winning the division, I'm talking about going on a deep playoff run. Oh yeah, that could be a job that opens up going into the 2023 offseason. So just just food for thought when we start talking about the landscape of the NFL, there are some coaches out there that you wouldn't necessarily think are on the hot seat, but they're under pressure to win and win big in 2022. Coming up next, Kevin Durant depl- replies to the big fella, Chris Carlin, on social media. What does an alpha mean to you? Carlin will have the answer for you. You're listening to ESPN Radio back after this. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For mean to you, that is the question that Chris Carlin asked Kevin Durant on social media. And the response, essentially crickets. You're listening to Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. 
Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPN+. Get at us on Twitter, at Chris Carlin and at ChrisCandy99. And Twitter was the scene of the crime this morning when you were going back and forth with one Kevin Durant, big fella. And KD is known to get extra spicy like some chicken from Popeye's when it comes to how he gets at people on social media. But he was having none of that with you because you really shut him down, not once, but twice when it came to trying to get a response from him. You asked him questions. It seemed like you were fair-minded, Carlin. You got no response to him. So congratulations to being one of the first people to actually shut Kevin Durant down <laughs> on social media. I don't know if we'd go that far. And it was, I was not going out of my way to try to engage Kevin Durant on Twitter. By the way, not exactly terribly difficult to do. No, but you weren't going out of your way, but you did tag him in the tweet. I did tag him in the tweet because, to me, if you don't tag him, then you hear from the people who say, oh, you know, the guts to tag him in this thing. Well, of course I'm going to tag him just in case because it is the Twitter version of I would say this to you directly. Yeah. And, what and we I, would like to invite him to say it directly if he wants to come on the show, if he or Rich Kleiman want to come on the show to explain themselves. Well, they're always welcome. Yeah. On Candy and Carla. We don't duck an we don't duck or two has been, We don't duck or hide from anybody. An invitation or two has been proffered. Yeah. So far, nothing. Um, <laughs> so I just was going through some stuff this morning with Kyrie and with KD and, and everything going on with the Nets. And I yep. just tweeted this out there, more of a question. Just wondering the level of responsibility that KD feels in this mess in Brooklyn based on trusting in Kyrie. It's a negotiating tactic, sure. In other words, what's going on with Kyrie. But does he ever question this relationship or his decision to hitch his wagon to someone that can't be trusted to show up? And I followed it up with another tweet. While he's been the best player on teams, he's never been the alpha, referencing KD. That's not him. So if he felt he needed to go somewhere else to win and build his legacy, does he now bail on the Nets or help fix it if Kyrie does want out? Jumping ship would be weak. He has to know that. So that's when KD responded to this and said, explain what being an alpha means to you. And this is where Chris Canty answers the equation because we were on our <laughs> pre-show Zoom as we're talking about this, and I told them that this was going on, and he said, well, you got to tweet a gif of Steph to him. So that's what I did with him hold, holding the trophy yesterday, but I followed it up with just some thoughts to that about his unquestioned leadership of that team, in other words, Steph, and how his teammates responded for him. You, KD, were the best player on the two teams in Golden State, but he was the leader. KD responds, great teams feed off each other. And I can't let that go. <laughs> well, it's not really an answer. No, it's not so. really an answer. Great teams, I respond back, hold each other accountable too. Just wondering who's holding Kyrie accountable in this situation. I respect your loyalty to him, but at some point, doesn't enough have to be enough? Crickets after that. Nothing. There is nothing to say, though, Carlin. It's a mic drop moment. Uh, uh, wh what can Kevin Durant respond to? Because he hasn't held Kyrie accountable, certainly to what they've been trying to build the three years since they've been in Brooklyn together. No. I, I can't imagine that the thought would be three years in, we'd only have one playoff series win. 
I can't imagine that that's the position that they thought they'd be in. And it seems like it's going in the in the wrong direction because they got swept by the Boston Celtics this year in the first round. It is going in the wrong direction. And it's going in the wrong direction for a couple of reasons. Number one, KD wanted to come here, build his own legacy, be able to respond to everybody else that said he just went to Golden State and won his easy championships. But he hitched his wagon to the wrong guy. And he has never wanted to grab hold of the responsibilities that come with being an alpha. He wanted to come here, bring the players that he wanted, get everything he wanted out of the situation, but not handle any of the responsibility, such as holding Kyrie accountable for everything that's gone on. In essence, he has just enabled Kyrie in every situation. But here's the thing, Carlin. If there's anybody in the organization that would be able to hold Kyrie accountable it's to get them to buy into the team agenda... It would be KD. If it's not KD, who's it going to be? Well, he, it ain't going to be Steve Nash. I believe KD doesn't. It ain't going to be Sean Marks. KD doesn't want to rankle any of his relationships, well, listen, whether it's, it's with him or whether it was with James Harden a few months ago when he had a chance to step in and try to fix that problem with Kyrie, and he did absolutely nothing. It basically said, not my job. Well, he's going to completely undermine his legacy then. Because he came to Brooklyn to do his own thing because he got criticized for joining the Golden State Warriors and winning two championships. Now, I was not one of the people that criticized him because I know how hard championships are to win. So I don't blame him for putting himself in position to win multiple titles. But he decided he was going to leave a better basketball situation and come to Brooklyn and set up shop with Kyrie. He told everybody in the NBA world, I know better than you guys. I'm betting on myself. And, oh, by the way, I'm betting on my mans too. So far, that bet hasn't worked out, and it's validating all of the critics that had something to say about him leaving Golden State in the first damn place. And it's also validating what Draymond Green had to say when Kevin Durant was there because Draymond Green said, we don't need you to win a championship. We won before you, and now you know what Draymond can say on his podcast? We've won after you. Yep. And that's the reality of it. So if you're Kevin Durant, you have to get Kyrie Irving to buy in to the team-first mentality and being available because if you don't, there's no chance that you have on making the Brooklyn Nets experiment work. It ends up being a big waste of time, and the worst part about it is it could be a huge waste of your prime. There is a difference between wanting to win your way and just wanting to win. And KD has wanted to win his way and not just out on his own, but without bearing any of the responsibility that actually comes with that. And as a result, he finds himself in this spot. And what I really do wonder, Chris, is let's just argue for a moment that somehow the Kyrie situation does not get resolved and he is gone from Brooklyn after this year or at before this coming year. KD going to force his way out at some point? He can't. He can't, Carlin. How can he force his way out? That is an I don't think he cares. That is an admission that he was wrong in leaving Golden State. I don't think he cares. Well, you can say he doesn't care, but his legacy is going to take a hit. And the respect that he's chasing after, the respect that he wants from Charles Barkley and all the other NBA all-time greats, he's not going to get it. Carlin, he's not going to get it. And it has nothing to do with his basketball ability. And that's the sad part about it. It's all about the intangibles. It's all about his sports character. It's all about his leadership or lack thereof. How hard is it to hold somebody accountable? You're setting the standard for the organization. It has to be you. It can't be nobody else. And this is supposed to be your man's. You need to check your man's. Mm -hmm. And that's what Sean Marks intimated two months ago when he had that press conference after the season was over with. And now it's up to KD 
to come out and back his general manager as opposed to backing his homeboy. Because backing his homeboy is what's got him backed into a corner right now. I'll be over here holding my breath. Yeah, you're listening to Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Today is officially the first day of summer. So what does that mean to you? Carlin and I will tell you what it means to us. You're listening to ESPN Radio. Back in a minute. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, and today is officially the first day of summer, big fella. So what does that mean to you? Because I know what it means to me. It's cookouts, mm. it's barbecues, and the difference is basically what you're serving, what you're grilling up. Mm. At cookouts, you're talking about burgers and dogs. At barbecues, you're talking about steaks and ribs, etc. I don't have to get into more of the minutia of that, but you know what I mean. You got to have that going. You also have to have the summertime anthems going. And to me, there is no greater summertime anthem than Will Smith's Summertime. Mm. Do you agree? Can I get an amen? Oh, amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Cruising, I'm on board. Leaning to the side, but you can't speed through <laughs> two miles an hour so everybody sees you. That's how it was going down in the co-op city section of the Bronx every single summertime. You know what I used to love about summer? On my street, the firemen used to practice for this July 4th competition where they had to roll out the hoses and pretend like they're going through a whole thing. And uh-huh. it was like a competition between towns. And we used to sit out on the curb and we're eating a burger from the cookout and watching these guys practice. It was awesome. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So what are some of your favorite summertime things to do? Well, it's the burger. I'm a I'm I'm a big, big boat guy. But I haven't been on a boat in forever. You're I a love, boat guy. I love boats. I wouldn't take you to be a boat guy. I love boats. Okay. I don't love the beach. Because I don't like getting sand. So everywhere. you like the water, you don't like the beach, right? Okay. Right. I love getting out on the bay and getting on a, on a boat. I now, like, are you going fishing when you get on the boat? Or I used to go, go crabbing in New crabbing, Jersey. Crabbing on the boat in the Jersey Shore. Okay. Crabbing down the Jersey Shore, absolutely. Now, how does that work? Because I know, like crabbing off of the dock, you have the crab trap. How right. Does, how does that work? You could do when that you're with in the, the crab open water. trap if it's not too deep, or what you could do is hang a little chicken on the end of a line. And drop it down into the water, and let it hit the bottom, and they pull it, and then you pull it very slowly back up. Okay, and then All you right. grab them with the net, and then you have your nice little crab broil after. Exactly, crab broil. Okay. Exactly. I see where you're going with yeah. that. I'm not mad at that. Mm. Now, when it comes to the grilling in the summertime, are you the one manning the grill, or is that responsibility delegated to somebody else? I, I, I am, but you know what's disappointing is that I want to get so much better at it, and I'm just not good enough at it yet. I got to get better. I'm a burgers and dogs guy. Keep okay. it simple. All right. But I got to get better. Like, I want to start making the, the the perfect grill burger. So I got to ask you a question because a lot of this comes down to your equipment. Now, what mm. kind of grill are you using? I, I got the gas grill. You got I the gas the, grill. I know. That's completely unacceptable. That's why your burgers ain't right. You can't have the, you I cannot gotta go through the charcoal. the gas grill. It has to be the charcoal grill. Now, I got the green egg, so it's got the ceramics oh. around. The green egg with a little hickory wood in there. I'm just telling you, mm. set the thing off. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. My dad, we go camping every once in a while. I remember one time it rained. My dad, who grew up in Brooklyn, took out the lighter fluid, poured it all over the wood, and said, stood about 10 feet away. Let me show you how we used to do it in Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) And he starts flicking matches at it. It goes up. (laughs) 10 seconds, we order pizza. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure he was doing that in a barrel in Brooklyn. It wasn't a a campfire setup. You're listening to Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hey, we got to give a shout-out to all the guests. That came through on the show today. ESPN Rams reporter Sarah Barshop, who used to be the ESPN Texans reporter, giving us the latest on the Deshaun Watson situation. We had the voice of Cleveland jump on us, jump on the show to give us the reaction from the streets. That's ESPN Cleveland's Aaron Goldhammer. You always got to have the hammer on when you can get him on the show. And then, of course, all 48 hours away from the NBA draft, Carlin? Roughly, yeah. Roughly 48 hours, two days from the NBA draft. We had ESPN NBA draft analyst Jonathan Gavoni on the show. And then no show is complete when you got NBA news without ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorse. If you missed any of it, go to the Candy and Carlin podcast, download, rate, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. But big fella, we have now reached the portion of our show where it's time for us to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. And we're gonna kick off three and out with a guy that's checking out of the NFL. That would be the Gronk. Rob Gronkowski is spiking his NFL career. Gronk spike. He's calling it quits after 11 years and multiple Super Bowl titles. Right now, Gronk is 12th on the all-time receiving touchdowns list, and he's the third tight end on that list behind Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez. Gronk calling it a career, Carlin. Surprised? A little bit. I thought with Brady that he may be able to leave. Uh, and Brady tell him, go, go run that way. Get open. I'll throw it to you. <laughs> uh, a little surprised he didn't play one more year, but you know what? Gronk is absolutely a top five tight end of all time. Yeah, no question about it. Five Pro Bowls, four All-Pros, four-time Super Bowl champ, and he's on the All-2010s team. So uh, a stellar resume for one of the best all-around tight ends to have ever graced his presence on a football field. Carlin, one of the things that I think will be a part of his lasting legacy is the fact that he was actually a really good blocker in the run game. Yeah. He was a weapon for the Patriots in terms of being a blocker in the run game. Maybe not as much down as Tampa later on in his career, but early on with the New England Patriots, he was an absolute weapon in the run game. Is he the best two-way tight end of all time in that that respect? He might be. He's in the conversation. He might be. He's in the the conversation. He's in the conversation. Hmm. Absolutely in the conversation. All right, keeping it pushing in three and out. Yankees notch the 50th win of the season, become the seventh fastest club to reach that milestone, matching the 98 club's feet. Right now, the Yankees are on pace 
for 120 wins, Carlin, in the regular season. And here's the kicker, Carlin. Of those of those seven teams that are the fastest to get to 50 wins, six of them, count them, six, six of them. No, five of them, excuse me, because the Yankees are actually one of them. Five of them have won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Five of them. The only one not to win the World Series was the 2001 Seattle Mariners. See, you continue to have a little concern around this division for the Yankees. They're yeah, running away bit. with it. Just they, a little bit. They are running away with it. I don't think they're getting caught. And it's we are not far off from the Blue Jays and everybody else starting to think about the wild card than just tossing away the division. They, they do not feel like... They are coming back to earth anytime soon. I know what happens in baseball. Please don't tweet at me. I understand that it can change in a dime. I feel like you're giving my Yankees the kiss of death right now. No, and it doesn't matter to you because you're I'm a not. Texas Rangers fan. No, I'm not. They have been absolutely off the charts amazing. But this everything season. has been great, Carlin, and that's the thing. As a Yankees fan, I'm waiting for the other shooter drop. When's the big injury gonna happen? When, <laughs> when's the starting pitching gonna fall off? Uh, you're just waiting for it as a Yankees fan because you've been conditioned by it Look, in the Aaron Boone era of Yankees baseball. There's one thing I would be really concerned about. What happens when we start talking about innings limits on Nestor Cortez and Severino? Yes. That's that's my biggest concern. Exactly. Because the starting pitching is a big reason why the Yankees are in the position that they're in right now. But I'll say this, Carlin, out of all the division leaders right now, I would probably say I have the most confidence in the Houston Astros to win their division just by sheer virtue of the division that they're playing The division is awful. The AL West is terrible. Oh, my God, it's so bad. (laughs) They're terrible. I mean, if you truly want to watch bad, like, if you're ever going to torture somebody, make them watch an AL West game at 10 o'clock at night between, like, the Angels and Rangers. Like, that, (laughs) I mean, you will be up until 3 in the morning. It will be 12-10. And it will be bad baseball all the way through. Yeah, how's that Albert Abreu trade working out for you guys? <laughs> How'd that work? He's back on the Yankees. How's that work? Yeah, exactly. Thank you for Jose Trevino. We appreciate it. All right, keeping it pushing in three and out. The biggest concern for the Yankees moving forward, we got into that, Carlin. We already have had that conversation. The biggest concern for the Mets moving forward. I, I just think it's... Health. If the, if Degrom and Scherzer are back, and by the way, Jacob Degrom was actually throwing to uh, batters today down at Port St. Lucie. And Max Scherzer is slated for a Triple A start with Binghamton, yep. and if he goes, well, if it all goes well, he could potentially start this weekend. You know, one of my least favorite phrases in baseball is What's when that? you get this guy back. It's like making a trade mid-season. Uh, I mean, when you get those two back, it is going to be an amazing addition for a team that. Yes, has fallen off a little bit, but they're still five and a half up right now. Yeah, they're five and a half up, but have you been paying attention to what the Atlanta Braves have been doing? I, I have been. I, I understand I'm that. Big fella, in the month of June, the Atlanta Braves are 16-2, and two, which is tied for the best record in all of baseball. They've got a plus 63 run differential. They're second in home runs with 39, and they're second in ERA from their pitching staff at 2-6-0. Eh. You're, right. you're not worried about the Atlanta Braves? Eh. The reigning defending champions, you're not worried about them at all? Because, eh. see, if I was a Mets fan, I would absolutely be worried. But the saving grace, well, for, the God, I'm not a Mets the saving grace for the Mets is that you have an owner that has more money than any other owner in all the sport. This is accurate. And you're going to take on a bunch of salary at the trade deadline to get finishing pieces. Speaking of finishing pieces, we're putting the finishing touches on this show. Coming up next, Spain and Fitz. This is ESPN Radio.
Thank you, Chrissy's.